What's up, what's up? So I have Shelly Bell. I was just with Shelly with Black Girl Ventures by a project that they're doing, but I want to just start from the very, very beginning because I want to know everything and I want everyone to know everything. So I always start by asking people, what did young Shelly think she was going to be when she grew up? Oh, <laughs> that's so good because I do something similar when I when I interview people. That's For real? Um, so I was going to be a pediatrician and then I was going to be a lawyer because everybody's like, oh, you talk a lot. You should be a lawyer. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be a lawyer. Yeah, that was it. I, I, I saw like people like, I don't know, maybe something on TV about like pediatricians or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, oh, so you wanted to be a doctor or a lawyer. The, the, the things that all kids would have typically wanted to be, but then you you took a, a whole different path you started your own foundation but I don't even call it a foundation it's a movement like you know black girl ventures y'all are doing a lot so tell me about how that passion began because I know it probably began way before you actually got it off the ground I mean no really so I mean in terms of like my passion for business overall started before I got it off the ground but uh but starting black girl ventures was literally like somebody needs to do something right and so I'll, I'll take you through the story though. So in, um, I got laid off twice and I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to start. Well, the first time I got laid off, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do, cause I, I've lived a lot of lives. I was a K through 12 teacher for a while. I've done performance poetry, like full time, had my own Wait art organization. I, um, I actually, yeah, before, so I, I recorded a poem before you came to the set, but like, you'll, you'll see, we do a, a poem before, before the competition every time. So, okay. So I'm so in, you don't even know this, but people watching, I'm so into that, like spoken word, poetry, all of that. So I'm like mind blown right now. So. Really? You know what? I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, when we get to the end of the interview, I'll perform it before we leave. Yes. That's what it. I was going to ask. But okay. <laughs> let's get it. Perfect. 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 Okay, cool. So ultimately I worked and worked and workforce development. Like I just, I've been, like I said, I live many lives, done many things. Um, work for the patent and trademark office, all those things. And I got laid off from this workforce development job that I was on. And so I was like, I'm gonna just do poetry for a year. So I did. And then by the end of that year, I was like, you know what? I want to launch a business. And I told my partner at the time, like, Hey, I want to launch a business. And they were like, nah, I don't think you should launch a business. That's not going to be stable enough. Hey, what like, time frame is this? Like, what year is this? This is 2014. Okay. All right. And so, um, like, I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm about to be a wife. Like, maybe yeah. this is what people do. You know, you got to compromise. So, <laughs> so I didn't start a business. I got a job doing some patent search work. Like, I, I worked for the patent trademark office before. I hated it every day, but I thought I was faking it really well. Until one day, my boss called me in and he was like, listen, you're amazing, but this is not for you. And he laid me off. Wow. Great boss, but I was devastated. I went home and I did the only thing that a person that's been laid off twice could possibly do. What? I, I called California Psychics. Oh. And I was like, I oh know my you God. <laughs> oh my God, what's happening to my life? No. And the woman, she told me, when you find the thing you want to do, the money will come and you're not going to be with that partner. So literally within two months, my whole life flipped upside down throughout. I threw all the, the um, furniture out of my living room. My partner threw them out too. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to start a business. Now mind you, I had no idea what I was going to do. So the first thing I did was um, I built a teepee in my living room. Now, for the record, I have to say, I do have Native American roots, but okay, um, I'm not Thank trying you to. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I mean, and like that's a whole conversation around like Black Native American mix, but um, so I built this teepee, and everybody thought I was crazy. And mm -hmm. I'm like, yes, I'm gonna put this teepee in my living room. I'm gonna rent it out. And, and honestly, my thought was I had a few thoughts behind it. One, if you're a woman that's traveling. And mm -hmm. you need a place to stay because I had done traveling as a performance poet. And, you know, I was like, oh, hey, like I'm going to men could literally be on stage and be like, I need somewhere to stay tonight. And the women would be like, OK, like I can't do that. Uh -huh. I'm a woman. That's true. Right. 
So yeah. I was, I also was thinking if you're a single parent and you don't have an extra room, you actually can't make extra money off of Airbnb. So this could be possibly be a way that you can make some extra money if you're a person who had a home without an extra room, right? So these were all of my thoughts, providing safe space, you know, extra income, that kind of thing. Yeah. But it's a teepee, right? And no, and this, at this a time, teepee in the middle of your house. TPs were not on the market at the time, by the way. So you now you can go and like to Target and buy like a kid TP. That wasn't the case in 2000. And this is now 2015. So the beginning of 2015. So I'm like, okay. So um, everybody's like, you're crazy. Nobody's gonna sleep me. I'm at like the hardware store. I'm gathering wood. I'm drilling. You know, like, I'm like, how do I drill a hole? I didn't even know. So yeah. I built a TP. Put it on my Airbnb. Super successful. We had so many people that wanted to come and stay. I let one woman come. After that, I quickly realized what the meaning of safe space. Like people use safe space all the time. Mm-hmm. But what if, if we both walk into a building and it's structurally sound, it technically is a safe space. Mm-hmm. Safe space really means safe people. Okay. And that like, no matter where you are structurally, if there is yeah. no safe people, you know, empathy, um, redemption culture versus cancel culture. Yeah. Um, you know, if that doesn't exist, then technically it's not a safe space, right? Because this woman, she was cool, but she was going through things with her husband. It was a lot. Oh, so she wasn't the safe person. You were safe, but she wasn't necessarily the safe one. That's right. Okay. Okay. That's right. Uh, then what so happened I'm like, to that? I'm like, okay, what else am I gonna do? Because this ain't it. <laughs> so, so you had so like, wait a minute, you had one person come. One person. And I said, this ain't it. Now, at that time, I had a one-year-old, so I have three children. But oh. my little one was one. She's trying to get in the teepee with the lady. Um, the okay. lady, she now talking to the kids. Like, it was a lot. It was a lot. She in my living room. So I said, okay, <laughs> this ain't going to be the thing. What else? What other skills do I have? And at a previous job, when I was teaching, um, I learned how to print t-shirts. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to start a t-shirt line. Yeah. The first line was the LGBT line. It sucked. Nobody bought it. The design, it just didn't work. Oh, no. So I was like, okay, what else can I do? Uh, I was on the phone with a printer, and I said, you know what? It's made by a Black woman. I should put that on a shirt. And so literally, I went to the computer, and I designed a made by a Black woman logo to pattern after the Made in America logo, put it on a shirt. Everybody loved it. My mom gave me her um, some of her retirement money. I used my tax return to buy my own machines. So I launched Made by a Black Woman and Misprint USA at once. A print shop for merchandise and then the t-shirt line. And then we started going up and down the East Coast. We did big events like Afropunk. Uh, we did like women's empowerment events down in Atlanta. We did like like everywhere that we could go. I kept shirts in a table Langy in my shirt. trunk. Made by a Black Woman shirts in the trunk. Popping them up everywhere. Um... And we, you know, I was learning. I learned so much. I learned so much about um, supply diversity. I learned so much about manufacturing. I learned so much about design, chemicals, uh, material, um, you know, just like all these things that not only were like I was getting customers from Made by a Black Woman, but through my print shop, I started printing for like small brands. Yeah, you're teaching them what you learned basically so that they could launch their own line of whatever they wanted. No, I wasn't teaching nobody. I was printing for other people. Oh, you were just printing now. Okay. I was printing everything I could print. Okay. It was. (laughs) And then I started working with like Amazon and Google and like doing print things for them. So I would print like for Amazon, we have a big AWS conference. I would do all the t shirts or or for their um, diversity piece. So Um, you were doing well. So I was good. I leveled <laughs> up, launched the business, leveled up. You know, I'm good. I'm making it happen. And then the news came out. Black mm-hmm. women are starting businesses at six times the national average and receiving less than 1% of venture capital. And mm-hmm. honestly, my thought was like, okay, well, let's do something about that. So the first Black Girl Ventures event, well, it was Black Girl Vision at first. It was a brunch. 30 women in a house in Southeast DC. I put it up on meetup.com. People came. I ran the whole thing like a poetry slam because that's what I knew. I wasn't even thinking about Shark Tank or any of that. I was like, I was like, okay, everybody put their, you know, they paid to get in. We voted with marbles and coffee mugs. So <laughs> if, you, if you like that person, you put your marble in their coffee mug. And then I gave the money back out to the winner in cash. I really didn't think anything about it. 
but people like this. So I said, let's that's keep lit. doing it. Yeah, that's lit. So we kept doing it. And then I was like, okay, this might be something. I did a call for a volunteer team, pulled them together. And we went into, this is now going into 2017. So mm-hmm. going into 2017, we had made uh, Essence Magazine holiday gift guide for the for the baby, like infant onesies were made by black women. So the business had leveled all the way up. Yeah. And then Black Girl Ventures is starting to kick off when I have this seven person volunteer team. So we go in, we're like, we put together like an application process and like, we just made it more formal. Mm-hmm. I started going to co-working um, offices because what would happen, and this is like interesting from a diversity, like equity and inclusion standpoint, is that at first it was just like black women talking to black women. Yeah. And I said, okay, we're not going to give people money this way. Now, don't get me wrong. Not yeah. saying that, like everybody, we do need no, those like here. spaces, those ERGs, things like that. And I'm like, but how can I maximize the level of money we can get? Money is green. I need more money for more people for these women mm-hmm. on stage. I also saw it as an opportunity to say, I need people to understand that we can put the people who have the need on stage and and you all can be a part of the change that needs to happen in the world, which is just like, we need more of those kinds of efforts. Well, you almost, you basically were introduced and now we all know the term ally and you didn't want to limit basically. So you kind of were introducing the term ally in real life form, basically. That's crazy. That's right. That's right. 100%. And so I changed the tagline. So the tagline was like, um, uh, everybody can attend, but black and brown women will win. And so like, that was just like a signal out to let people know that like, you can all come (laughs) <laughs> but I can't give y'all money because I'm giving money to my people. So but it, <laughs> like that that's catchy. You know that's catchy. Like when I heard it, I'm like, oh, yes, that's it. So then uh, we, we moved into like different co-working spaces. We work, make offices. And then the audiences would grow. So we would have like anywhere from like 85 to maybe like 100 people some at some of the events. Um, and then I actually landed a contract for me doing some work with Google, doing some community activations. You be saying the craziest companies. You said Amazon, now we're working with Google, baby. Like, don't just grace over that stuff. Like, Afropunk, you're just naming out some very large things. Like, I have to, like, when I hear it, I get hyped. So I'm sorry, continue. But okay, Google. (laughs) Bye, man. (laughs) No, no, I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate the call out to kind of slow down, too, because I think that sometimes, you know, you're just moving. You're trying to just get things done. You're trying to, like, make it happen. And especially, like, in this case, like, being um, a leader and only even, like, being a leader in a Black community, you know, there's a big responsibility there. And so, like, for me, I'm just always, like, I just got to move. I just got to keep it moving, keep it going, keep it, you know, working. But I I appreciate that call out. So, Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes, Google, the real Google. Yes, continue with Google. <laughs> so at this point, I'm working with Google and we are, um, I'm doing like community, now it's called the Google Digital Coaches Program. They scaled it now, but I was one of the like original eight um, and I was that for DC and I became like synonymous with Google in DC. So people were like, you want to, oh, you need to, in the community, it was like, you want to work at Google, you need to talk to Shelly Bell. And that was actually, I'm so, I'm, I have a lot of gratitude for being in that space. And I'm thinking, okay, how can I scale Black Girl Ventures through this? So I decided I'm going to give Black Girl Ventures three months and I'm going to give it all of my energy. I put my print shop to the side to give Black Girl Ventures three months to see if it will work. And And it took off. You put your print shop that was booming. Business was booming. You saw an opportunity and you put it to the side and you was like all in three months time frame. Like that's setting a goal, setting a time frame. I love every keep going, Shelly. I'm loving everything about this. Keep going. 100%. Like, and so talking about risk reward. Like that's a big risk you took. Like the company was rolling, but the reward is is big as well. So keep going. I'm loving this. It was a bit risk too, because you know, my contract from that I had from Google wasn't, you know, it was nice. You know, it was a decent amount of money, but it wasn't like like it wasn't what I was making with my print shop. Um, but I knew that like, I wasn't passionate about having a print shop, but it's a money-making business. Like it's like a pizza shop. You could pop up a pizza shop next to a pizza shop. People going to eat pizza. Yeah. Same thing with printing, even in a pandemic, 
People still need gifts, corporate gifts, corporate labeling, like law firms. They like really big consumers of like everything with their name on it. You know, like somebody's yeah. printing all of that stuff, right? Down yeah. to like reflector jackets that you see construction people. Oh, you like, was making now money on Somebody campus. is doing all of that stuff, okay? So, Woo. you know, being in that world was really interesting, but it's hard work. Like yeah. I've actually literally in the, in the lab, like physically printed those things myself so it is work until you get to a certain place where you outsource most of it which yeah. I eventually got to um but anyway so start decided I'm gonna put all my engine in BGV during that three months we landed a partnership with Google Cloud for startups which Google like big corporations now, you're not about to keep telling me these big companies <laughs> like okay you just said you're gonna give it three months and within three months you landed Google I want people to understand something too just because you work with one sector of a company does not mean it will transfer over and you will automatically get to work with every sector of the company. So if you're sitting there thinking, well, she worked with Google before. No, it doesn't. Companies don't work like that. They are sectioned off. So you have to reintroduce yourself to every section. I'm sorry, Shelly, continue. Because I don't want people to think that what that's an easy connection. It doesn't work like that with companies. 100%. I'm so <laughs> glad you said that because you know what? If I think about it, so, so my secret sauce is relationship building. Like, I, like, and like I'm in these meetings talking to them like I'm talking to you. Like, I'm straight up 100 all the time. Like, it's just like, hey, yeah, I'm thinking this. How y'all doing? <laughs> like, I'm just being myself. Yeah. And honestly, like, authenticity is a hack because people don't expect it yeah. in these environments sometimes. My jam. That's my jam. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been, I have a lot of gratitude for the people that I've been able to build relationships with. Like, Erica Banks, who was at Google at that time, Jason Scott, who's a real MVP behind like how far we were able to stretch out within Google and having those internal champions. And I, and I always say this, even during the pandemic, even after the murder of George Floyd, like all these pieces that have come together, corporate employees are the real MVPs. Right. So shout out to any corporate employees who are listening, these ERGs, you know, the black uh, employee networks and things like that have really been the like driving force behind how Black Ventures has really been able to thrive inside these corporations. I would say, you know, us being able to get into a corporation and stretch out is almost like a secret sauce of ours. We did, you know, yeah. same thing with Google, same thing with Visa, same thing with Nike, like absolutely 100% correct. No, Nobody- no, 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 same thing with Google, same thing with Visa, same thing with Nike. I'm trying to, like this is, this should be, if you are not inspired yet, get, get to it because this is crazy. You're building something from an idea. You're talking, you're touching these major companies. I'm sorry, continue. You've got a hold of Google now in the three month. I'm sorry. Those are major companies. What? Yeah. It's a little, it's, it's, you're making me like, think about it. Right. Cause like usually you I'm just. telling a story. And people are like, oh yeah, oh wow, okay. And so I'm just like breezing through the story, breezing through the story. Because yeah, I'm in this space, so I know like yeah. it's not it's not as easy as you make it easy because you talked about your secret sauces relationship building, but this is not easy. I want I don't want people to think that they're gonna just up and start and get a hold of Google Nike Visa, baby. This ain't this ain't normal. What's happening here? Crazy. No, it's not easy at all. I mean, it takes some, um, it, it definitely takes some work around. It, it takes your energy. Let me say that. 100. And I think we don't talk about it enough um, when it comes to being a founder or a leader or whatever you're working on. It's just like energy preservation, you know? Okay. Um, being able to build relationships authentically, authentically and showing up as yourself. Sometimes yeah. I even feel like like maybe not showing up as yourself don't is, is something you can kind of hide under or like, push an image out but like showing up as yourself means that there may be some critique on yourself right and like not everybody wants to hear that or take that feedback I had a boss former boss that drilled into me like all feedback is positive all feedback is positive <laughs> and I think sometimes feedback has a negative connotation around it and so um, or constructive criticism in sports where I'm in the sports world so if you tell me only the good stuff I ain't gonna get better that's just how I feel so I always welcome that constructive criticism because I know it's going to get me to the next level. But let's hear about Google. I want to like I want to hear everything. Let's hear about in the three months you snagged some big fish. You only had a three month window. I only so had a three month it. window. At this way, at this point, it was just Google. So okay. you know, in this three month window, Google I stretched out into another part of Google. 
Well, with that, that's how we scaled across the country. So from there, we started doing these events inside of Google offices across multiple cities, mm-hmm. Atlanta, Chicago, um, New York. Uh, we're still doing them in DC, but you know, then it was Detroit. Um, you know, so we were able to go to different places, Baltimore, um, with the help of Google. And so and y'all was doing the same type of thing where it's um a, the competition, you run it your same way, it's just now it's just expanded. That's right. So at first it was you pay at the door and then everybody gets in, watch the competition, and then I would split the the capital with the the founder um that won. But when we went to Google, I couldn't charge people to come into Google. Oh. So we had to become a Google charity. Oh, this makes we had to become a Google charity. And then um, we started doing where you could vote with your dollars. So mm. that's what we first started testing out. And this is like, at this point, mid 2017, going into 2018. Um, and so we started testing out this like Google, I mean, this like vote with your dollars model. So you go in, women would pitch on stage and then you could say who you vote for. Like you vote for this pitch, you vote for that pitch. And then you could donate um, directly to that pitch that you favor. And then we grant the capital out to those founders. Behind the scenes, we do have a a revenue generator to keep us going. So like it's a 70-30 split with the founders. They get 70% of what's raised for their company. And then we get 30% for keeping all the operations going. And part of this was about like, could I build something that was really influential enough to bring a group of people into a room, have them watch Black women pitch their businesses, and then actually go into their own pockets and actually help fund these businesses. Because if the venture capitalists weren't going to do it, yeah. if the banks were slow to do to change, and if the, all the systems that be were not going to open up for us, then then I know that civic active, civic engagement and activating people was going to be a way. Come so. on, somebody. That's smart. Because you knew you couldn't like change the big system ones right away, basically. Like, so you was like figuring a way around it. Like we can still get you some money. We might not get it through these systematic ways, but there's other ways. Love it. Love it. That's right. And I mean, it's built off of black history. So in the early 1900s, black people migrated to Harlem and then white landowners raised the rent. And so black people threw what's called rent parties to help people stay in their homes. And I mean, it wasn't like, oh, it was just some old raggedy basement. Party. Like it wasn't that. It was, you had like Fats Waller, Langston Hughes. People used to get dressed up like, to go to these parties that essentially were funding, like paying people's rent. So yeah, yeah I've heard of those before. I think people were still doing them in college when I was in college. So it's a, right. it's a movement now. So it's a real thing, but that's, that's crazy. So you get to Google, now you have the space and you're building something. What happens after that? So I look at it like 2016 was like a pilot year. You know, it was like a, let me test it out. And in 2017, it was like becoming more valid and solid. Um, So we do that. We're running it. We're just doing it across every line. And at this point, I'm learning what it means to enter a new city. Because there's certain cities across the country that you don't just walk up in. You know, like, you don't just walk up into Baltimore and be like, oh, I'm about to do something. Like, nah. That's where my sister lives. You don't just walk up in there. My sister lives there. Baltimore, Philly. Detroit, Chicago, yeah. you don't just walk up in there and be like, oh, yeah, we're doing a cool thing. Everybody come. It's like, who are you? What high school you go to? You who know your people is? That knows somebody that can connect you. Okay. So I started to get, a, get an understanding of like, oh, like how do we build relationships with people on the ground and the power of that and being like, because even being in D.C., um, people always come here thinking they're saving the world. Like, oh, like we got this thing and, and like all the community organizers, we're here and we're like, yeah, we kind of been here this whole time. Thank you, <laughs> but no. And I well, don't want to be that. Yeah, I don't want to be that person. So it's really important to me to build relationships on the ground with e- other ecosystem builders, other people who are doing this work, other entrepreneur support organizations. Like that has always been, even if we didn't partner, just them, us knowing each other was always really important to me. Yeah, that's dope. Um, so come, you know, now we're like 2018 and we're starting to do like, we're catching, we're getting our footing and like figuring out like exactly how we're going to do this thing. We roll into 2019. We're going to continue. Like now I'm like, I got it. We're, we get the rhythm. Got a system. You know, it was at this point, it's just like me and assistant and 
my mom and another woman volunteer that would travel. So we would go to different places, pop up these events. I mean, we were rolling. Like sometimes we would like go in, pop up, shut down, roll out. Like it would be like we, my mom and I would fly in that night. We would uh, have the event that day, that night. Next morning, come back home. We drive Is up to New York. you had to travel with? Like, did you all, like, what about branding and stuff when you're moving from city to city? Was it just, you just basically like popped up and, and just made it happen? Or did you bring branding with you? I'm just curious because like, that's crazy that y'all were just in, out, in, out, in, out. No, great question. This is what I learned from doing the print shop. So what I learned from vending, because all of that vending taught me how to pop them, like how to pop up an active full activation and shut it all down. Mm -hmm. Because when you're vending, you're moving and shaking. You got, okay. you got to know how to pack everything. Yep. And you got to be able to get to a location. All you got is a blank table. You got to be able to get to that location and make it look like you've been there all day. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. You gotta be, like, you know, how do you do that? That's why I'm like, how are you doing this? That's such a great question because nobody's ever asked me that. Okay, so while vending, because we were going from so many cities, what we learned is like we would travel with, while vending, like doing a t-shirt line, we would travel with suitcases of t-shirts, tablecloth, mannequins, and uh, and we would have actual um, banners, right? Okay. And, then, and then a particular kind of table set up so that you knew people would be able to walk up, see what was available, look at the size they want, all of that, and just move. I mean, really, you know, and this is why, I, even before, like, connected to Nike, I would say, like, when it comes to being in business, I'm an elite athlete. When it comes to ecosystem building, now. I'm an elite athlete because I would, we running reps. Like, after, okay. after, so, after so many reps, you're like, okay, boom, got that. I know how to do that. I can roll in any city, pop up, be fully branded, and have people ready to engage with us. So I just took that skill set right into what I was doing with BGV. So I knew all the I knew from that experience exactly what I needed. I needed X amount of banners. I need a person. So it's crazy. I never talk about all of this one. So I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm detailed. So I'm I like, love it. they moving right now. Like <laughs> I love that you asked me this. So because people are always like, well, how do you do it? What's the secret sauce? This is actually me unpacking that. So <laughs> This is how I think about things. What kind of experience can I create for you or for the people who are coming? I think about, when I think about um, event activations, I think about everything. I think about how you're going to get to the bathroom. Ooh. I think about how close you are. I've had to, <laughs> I've actually had to have debates with like some of the venues because I'm like, no, these chairs will not be this far back. Move these chairs up pull them together and like oh well people are not gonna be able to get to the bathroom that's exactly what i want i don't want them to get up <laughs> i want them to sit down and i want them to stay seated until i'm ready for them to get up right like all these things about the way you set up a venue creates behavior i love this um, i'm like sponging and, right now that's what i call it i'm sponging right now because i mean that's the like experience so you're talking about experiencing it and as like a consumer I'll remember certain experiences, but you can forget a whole lot of different things. But if you go somewhere and you see, dang, it's branded. Oh, this was lit. It was turned in there. Boom, you got them. That's how like I could see a BGV event going because it's like you've already thought about all of that. It's crazy. When we do it, when we're able to do it live again, you gotta come. I mean, yeah, oh, I'm in there. I'm in yeah, there. Because it is all I'm letting it get to the end where then you can talk about what okay. we just did. But yeah. Live is a whole different experience because we do we're doing call and response. We're like it's not like an average business event because mind you, like I come from hosting art events. Yeah. So I you know like when I was hosting, so I would say I guess even prior to like any of this business stuff, when I was just hosting art events, I was hosting like five six events a month, and sometimes like two or three in a week. So like yeah, hosting cool. was my jam, like getting on stage and like managing a, the energy of a room was my jam. I've hosted like on big, like with thousands of people, outdoor stuff down to like small, like, you know, 30, 40 people stuff. So like for me being on stage is like, that's my jam. I love it. Like I'm here for it. I'm gonna call you for an event. I, I'm gonna call you. Okay. Cause I want you to curate those vibes of what you're talking about. Yeah. That's lit. I mean, it's all about the energy. Sometimes people don't even know why they had a good time. And it's because <laughs> the people who designed that thing have thought about how you feel or how they want you to feel and the energy that they want to put in that, into that event. So 
you know, all those things matter. So here we are, you know, traveling across the country. We're doing this event. Um, when, when we roll into 2019, I'm like, I need my own tech because I don't have anywhere where people can actually vote with their dollars. We, mm-hmm. I was, so I'm a, I'm a computer scientist. So that's what, that's what my degree is in. So, and I used to teach computer what? science at high school. Like what, Shelly? Like what? <laughs> like what? <laughs> So I'm like, you know what? A poet that is a computer. <laughs> like, no, because I, I don't, like, you have to put the things together. These are That's two true. different worlds. You're a poet and then you're a computer. What did you call it? Scientist? Computer scientist, yes. Like, those are polar opposites. That's why, but people, if you know, you know. If you know why that's wild, then you know. I think, I honestly think, like, I would attribute my success to having this kind of balance of right brain, left brain, because sometimes like artists are just fully artists and it's just like I'm creating and I'm out of here and, I, yes. and they're like they're losing money they don't have any a lot of businesses sometimes it's not to say artists are that way but sometimes yeah and then as a business person sometimes you could be fully all the way to the other end of the spectrum where you're just like stuffy and cold and just like get it done mode and that could also like both of these people see success um mm. for me I've always had this balance of just like I needed to be creative and I needed to be business oriented. I needed to be organized and I needed to be like, I don't really like a lot of structure. I guess it's my art side, but at the same time, I'm all about creating a really great process. If you got a process, you can scale. If you don't have a process, then that's when you're a little bit like overhead heavy, things like that. So, so, you know, I'm, so I'm like, Hey, we need a tech product. Uh-huh. So we got our first in like six figure capital from the UN Marion Kaufman Foundation, who, in my opinion, like really gave me the opportunity to pilot going deeper in the cities. So people were like, I was like, listen, as we got popular, people were like come to my city, come to my city. I'm like, we can't go to all these cities. I need to figure out how we scale. So I designed this change agent process where like we would train people on the ground. And then we would teach them how to do the competition for themselves on the ground. A lot of people cautioned me against that because it was like, you don't want people to steal your idea. What's the product? And I said, well, listen, if everybody started doing crowdfunded pitch competitions, then imagine that I can say the immense amount of impact I've created and now I can back up and do something else. So that's the thing, though. You're not scared to pivot. You made the TP, went one customer in pivoted you will pivot 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 so that's why it's not scary to you because you are the process you said if if you got a process you can scale you are the process so you ain't worried about ever scaling you'll just create something else that's crazy that's right I will definitely invent (laughs) as many times so we landed on um so because of that capital from the Coffin Foundation I launched five chapters of women five women across five cities Miami, Chicago, no, not Chicago, I'm sorry. Miami, Houston, um, Durham, North Carolina, Philadelphia, and Birmingham, Alabama. So in Alabama. Okay. We recruited them, but to your point, I see where you're going with it. The reason that we chose these areas were was based off of demographics, based off of whether or not the local governments had made a statement about. Um, what they want to do for small businesses and women small, women-owned businesses. Um, and just like where our audience was. So with Birmingham, it was one of those places where the government, the local government, city government was making statements and, you know, making, wanting to really maximize business. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, well, if they're going to do that, I don't want black women business owners to miss out on that because of the lack, like not being connected or lack of infrastructure, that kind of thing. Yep. So here we are, 25 women, trained them, ready to kick off, started working on development for my tech product. So my tech product that we have right now is called Razify, uh, formerly known as SheRaise. It was first it was known as SheRaise. Uh-huh. Um, the new version of it is called Razify. Okay. Yeah. R-A-I-S-I-F-Y dot C-O. And so uh, we... But it was, you know, you vote with your dollars on the back end. The founders can see it's transparency so they can see like all the money they're raising, the fees that come out, how much they're going to get net. Um, and they can get comments on their pitch. Their videos live there. 
It was a way also to manage our alumni because most accelerators and incubators manage their alumni right on their own sites. Where if you have lots of activity, like imagine like a tech stars that has like literally like bunches of, of cohorts over the course of years. Yeah. They're trying to maintain all those images of people like on their websites. Um, plus, like, no, there wasn't like a really great community activation for like how to fund businesses. So like this platform was solving just that. Um, and so we launched it. I piloted it now. Keep in mind, it's the end of 2019. I'm not knowing that the world is about to shut down. Oh, look, I forgot. I forgot about that plot twist. Dang. So we piloted in Atlanta and Detroit with a tech product. Worked well. So I'm like, yes, we're on to something. Thank God, because the world shut down and we were ready. Because yeah, we had a tech product. We launched. Like you were launched when it, yeah. That's right. So it was easy for us to pivot to virtual because now people could put their pitch video on the site. And so now you could, we could have the live event, which was like through like YouTube. Then you could go watch the pitch videos individually. People could campaign and you could donate. So yeah. it was perfect, you know. Yeah. You know, and like any tech founder, you have your you have to work out your kinks, but we were ready. Um, yeah. and so we did our and it's funny because like South by Southwest, we, we do South by Southwest every year since 2017. Like what, Shelly? And I was gonna do South by Southwest 2020, this before they made the decision to shut down, but my spirit was like my intuition was like, mm, don't do it. But I said yes. But but I was you said yes, but you were feeling no. I was feeling no, but I said yes, and then after Twitter pulled out, we we pulled out, and then the whole thing shut down. Wow! Right after, so I was like, "You got to follow your gut." I mean, I run, I am fueled by intuition. Like that is how I run BGV, one hundred percent. Thing that's that's where the pivots come from. I call it a feeling. I'd be like, if I get a feeling, I follow it. Look, that's why I opted out. Like I follow my gut. So yeah, no, you we are here with that for sure. That's how, that is how we run BGV, like all intuition. That's where those pivots come from. Cause like I can, I start to like visualize or feel the change coming. I'm like, mm. I love it well, because that's the real thing. People don't, because you can't measure intuition. Sometimes people have a hard time, like believing in that as a process almost. Um, but I firmly believe in intuition. And so your intuition told you it ain't it for South by Southwest. This is 2020. So what, what's the next, I, I know what happens in 2021, but is there anything else that happens in between that before uh, you get to that stage? Oh my goodness. It's nonstop. We rocking and roll. Okay. So <laughs> stuff, stuff is always happening, Renee, right? So um, things are starting to shut down. We immediately pivot to everything virtual. We launched a virtual community called BGV Connect. Our Facebook group was already growing, but BGV Connect is a paid community. We launched virtual co-working. Our, our launches for the cities got shut down. So we were able to launch in Houston really big and Philly really big. The other three cities got shut down. Durham got shut down twice. Why? So, like what shut them down though? The pandemic. Oh, okay. Like so, basically so, around the same. Okay, okay, got you. Yeah, got you. well for Durham, um, North Carolina, first it was like snow randomly. Like I'm from Durham originally. Yeah. So like snow hit, nobody wants to move. Literally like three flakes fall and we ain't used to that. So we like, Oh like, oh no, I'm not coming out. Sounded right. like Atlanta. Sounded right, right. And so then, and then the pandemic hit and we couldn't, still couldn't launch Durham. So, you know, and, and we never fully launched Durham. Like, I want to make sure that as I tell the story, like I talk about like where the, the pivots are and where the like, sometimes or like things don't work all the way out like you want them to. And you're mm -hmm. in where you have to learn from them. So like the other four cities launched and were rocking and rolling. Durham never really got off the ground because the women that we had uh, recruited, the pandemic hit them really hard. Yeah. One woman, she had her, she has her own business, an amazing dance studio. They had to shut down for a while because of the, because of the pandemic. Another woman worked for Duke University. All the pivots that they had to do at Duke for all the things that they were going through, she just was overwhelmed. Like we like we just took note that like it is it is better for us to say this is not the right time for this city. Right and try to support you know cheer on our the women founders as much as we can and like focusing on doubling down the cities that made the most sense yeah so we move you know all the other cities they're rocking and rolling they're doing content so we also you know google at this point we did 
Google for startups. So again, this is another part of Google. So like <laughs> this one is like, I've worked with probably like at least three or four parts of Google at this point. Shouts to Google, man. Let me just, <laughs> now that this has happened on multiple times, shouts to Google for putting their dollars, their resources where their mouth is. A lot of companies talk about wanting to support small businesses, black owned businesses, minority businesses. Google throughout is all throughout this story and at inception. It's not like they see you were blowing up and then they hop. They were at inception. So sounds to Google, man. I love to see it. That's right. So um, we're rocking and rolling on content. I mean, we were doing like events every week, which is like, because when we would bring the women together for virtual co-working, they were, we were hearing the stories firsthand. So it would be like, oh my God, I lost two months of customers in one day. Oh my God, the event industry is shutting down and I'm an events person. That like, yeah. All we were hearing the stories for saying, but then, you know, it was like this like spark of of just like amazingness happened where like they started peer mentoring each other. Ooh. It it wasn't even about us anymore. We had just created a container. Yeah. And they started peer mentoring each other, helping each other out. Hey, this resource just came out. Hey, go, you know, do this. It's hey, y'all want to work together over here? Community. It just it really like just started them really working together and that's the beauty of of that like creating that container for them to exist in and you then working with other partners you created a whole community for black women in that space in any business space to help each other pull each other up use each other's resources that's like only a dream that everyone tries to do how did nike come into the equation so on the intuition point right <laughs> Maybe like before the pandemic hit, my board chair, she's like, we're going to get money from Nike. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, that's a like, wild statement. You know, like we all, so, but like I said, like even me, her, like, we're like, like I, I have a very unique um, situation. I'll, I'll say that like, we don't run like most nonprofits. My board chair might as well be my co-founder. Like we're so <laughs> lock and step in that way. My board is so active and like I created this board this way like listen I'm gonna be who I am and I want you to be who you are don't hinder my creativity and like let's work together on changing the world like that's always been my thing like how do we work together on changing the world but like I've heard horror stories about people in their nonprofit boards and their corporate boards and I'm like oh yeah me too you know like I don't want that um, <laughs> so I set the town early and they rocked and roll with me and they're amazing folks. Um, and we have just been, this journey has been dope. So, so she's like, we gonna get money from Nike. And I'm like, okay. She sends a like blank, like a cold email to somebody in Nike. <laughs> and we didn't, we didn't hear from anybody. Like, you know, it was a bit of a, you know, nothing happened. So time goes on. I don't know, you know, after the murder of George Floyd, there was a bunch of, I call it the awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a bunch of like people just awake, waking up to realities that they had not faced before um, and assumptions that they had made. And, you know, th- there was just things about that time frame yep. um, that people were just like, oh my God, what? And corporations were responding left and right. I mean, left and right. I mean, it was surreal. Like we were, and we were ready. Like yeah. we, we were that's calls. the key part. You were ready. When we were did. on call sometime from like 8 a.m. to like literally like 7, 8, 9, 10 p.m. Because mind you, we could catch people from both coasts. Yeah. So yeah. people, they're like, we want to meet with you. Can we talk to you today? Can we, we want to give you this? This was for the first time in fundraising. I barely had to introduce my whole team or myself. I barely had to talk about what I did. They like, we looked at all your materials. We looked at your website. We looked at your, we looked at your social media. We want to work with you, right? It was- Your work was speaking for itself at that point. Surreal, okay? Um, you know, shout out to like the folks at Diageo. Like we have gotten money from several parts of Diageo. Several other brands within that, within it, under the Diageo yeah, umbrella. Like- Y'all killing it. I, that's all I can just say. Y'all were killing it. Um, you know, I'm so thankful. Like we have like the Johnny Walker brand. We have like um, Ciroc, uh, Smirnoff. We work with all of them. 
And then, like, we have the team, like, the Visa. We have, like, the Visa team that came to us. Warby Parker, which is one of my favorite teams to work with. Like, just really amazing folks that were, like, we we looked at. Here's the thing that I want to be clear on, though. It was not magic. Like, this is one of the things I loved about the We Play Real anthem that Nike just put out that I was a part of because it's, like, Black Girl Magic is great for camaraderie. But at the end of the day, we work hella hard to get where we are. And so it's not overnight. You know, it's not just popped out of air. Now we all of a sudden. And you even said she sent out those cold emails before y'all even had those connections, before any of anything even happened. Y'all was already doing the work. So now it's basically the work that you manifested. Like it's coming back now. Like that's that's what that was. So no, it's not a that's so I said nothing about this story. That's why I want people to understand. It might seem like, oh yeah, this happened. No, nothing about this story is easy. Nothing about this story is normal. This is like all the blood, sweat, tears, energy that you talked about, all of that, that started to just come back. That's that's what I make sure people understand that because we're so instant gratification nowadays. It ain't like that. Yeah, so the first call, so when Nike reached back out to us, it was like... You know, it was like, oh, guys, like, they reached out to us. I might have a call with them. You know, it was, you know, like, we, oh, listen. Just but, do it. You know what I mean? Behind the scenes, like, we're having all those moments. It was like, oh, my God, Nike just contacted us. Oh, my God, this brand, like, you know, yeah. and, but when we on the calls, I'd be playing it real cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. Um, yeah. We do, you know, but in my, in my spirit, I'm like, ah. So. <laughs> Max, so, I'm too. So we get on a call. And honestly, from the jump, it was a yes. It was just more about like, let me learn about you, right? It was not, um, I didn't feel like it wasn't, they were very, they have always been, was then and have always been very open to what I want to do. One of the questions I get a lot is like, are are these brands letting you do what you want to do? All these brands are absolutely letting us do what we want to do. And so I want to like be clear on that where they're not dictating what we have to do deeply like of course we have things we agree on they're like hey we want to do this kind of thing but but they're not dictating to us anything that uh, we are uncomfortable with we're not stretching our mission to try to accomplish what like we we were just we already had a product that was so in line aligned with what everybody wanted to do yeah, you just had to make it a matter of visibility basically that's, that's right you're so not we, like you didn't even have to pitch yourself basically you had to figure out how can we make this come to life that's the best question to get. I mean, one of the things that I'll say to founders out there, like, and anybody's working on building something, is like a couple of things that we're also really great at. We're really great at content. Like mm-hmm. BGV, you know, me, me, I'm a content creator too. So like my content, the BGV content, we're really great at creating content, really mm-hmm. great at the branding, the mark, like really great at the media. So we do a lot of media. I do a lot of media. Yeah. A lot of media runs, a lot of media. Amazing, yeah. I'm sitting here talking to you, and I'm like, "Hello, this is amazing." Like, I know, th- I already know that this is a good episode off rip. It's because of you, so amazing. <laughs> like, this is so many nuggets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, so the tell media- me, so because I was at the pitch, like, so I got an email. Listen, I'm gonna tell you how crazy it was. Let me tell you from okay, my tell end. me, tell me, I have it from yeah, your end. Let me okay. tell you from my end. So we had the draft happening on April 15th, which was a Thursday. Um, I get an email. Well, I don't get it. My manager gets it. I think it might have been Tuesday night. They hop on a call on Wednesday and it's Nike. And I'm like, well, hello, Nike. And and for backstory, I was signed with Nike for seven years, but again, this is a whole different section that's talking to me. So I'm like, well, what's good, Nike? And they're like, Hey, um, we know you're in the tech space and all this, and we have um, um, an event that we think you would be perfect for. And this is crazy too, because I'll tell you, when we first saw each other, I'm like, dang, she looks familiar, but I don't know where I know her from because we had only been on one event. But when I saw your name, I was like, okay, that looks familiar too. And they said, like, it was a pitch competition. And instantly I was like, I know we're not talking about something Shark Tanky because like, I love Shark Tank. And so then they were like, here's the kicker. It's happening on Friday in LA. And we were like, oh my gosh like what (laughs) and I was like we got the draft on Thursday I knew I had a speaking engagement Friday morning so basically I couldn't fly Friday morning and I'm like all right let's do it my manager's like you can't do it and I'm like no we're doing it what are you talking about like we're doing it he's like you can't do it literally you have the draft you have a speaking engagement there's no time 
I'm like, what if I pull it out right after the draft? And so basically Nike got me booked. Um, they had to even book my, like, uh, my PR and my makeup lady on a different flight because there were barely any flights available. And long story short, I get there and the vibes were unmatched. Tell me about how that came to be. I mean, that was, that was for me, I was like, turned, you know, I was like excited, <laughs> happy to be here type. Like it was lit, but the vibes really were on point. Just the guests, you, it just felt right. So it's interesting because, all right. So the, the arm that we got the money, the original commitment from. So this, this is, this, you know, going back to like stretching out within organ and corporations. So as we had the conversations about like the initial money and the initial, you know, it's like, okay, well, how much, you know, what would be realistic for you? Right. And I think this is one of the things that I want to talk to founders about is like, a lot of times people are like, give me the 5 million, give me the million, millions of millions. You got to be careful with that because as a nonprofit, you got to spend your money in a certain amount of time. You mm. don't want to take on levels of capital that will sink you. Mm. And you want to be mindful of your spend, your spend, your burn rate, your return rate. Like you want to be mindful of your business operations when you talk about raising money, taking on capital. In, in any business and especially in a nonprofit. So it's like, boom, we settled on a half a million. So Nike committed a half a million. Kroger mm -hmm. also like all in the same time frame committed a half a million to BGV. So this was from- Excuse this me? <laughs> Excuse me, Shelly, what? <laughs> Did we just add up a million dollars? Like I'm just saying, what? Unbelievable. Yes. So- Come on, Black Girl Ventures. Like, come on, Shelly B. Like, that's that's not normal. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this what? was, okay, what we agreed to do was a fellowship because we, so BGV, we have capital community and capacity. Capital, mm -hmm. we do the pitch competition. Capacity, we have the fellowship program. Um, with, and we also have a uh, another training that comes with us, accelerator training that comes with that. And then we have the community pieces, which is our paid community. We have the, the Facebook community. So what we're doing with Nike is we're going to do, a, we're doing a nine-month fellowship in Chicago. They're helping me um, build, launch this next part of the tech platform, which, which is now called Razify. And then they also, we're doing three murals across three cities uh, with Black women leaders on it, with them as well. Um, and so that was a, you know, initial, like half a million commitment, boom, we're going to do these things. And that was what I was executing on. And then we got a call from the team that's working with us saying, Hey, listen, the business side wants to work with y'all. They saw what y'all are doing. They want to work with you. I'm sorry. Come and again. So, <laughs> you don't right, like, right. bring them on, baby. Let's right, go. Right. And so they like, look, they want to do this, uh, all-star weekend activation. They want to do this, this, and this. And so I'm just like, you know, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, they want to do what? What they want to do now? But from the jump though, I'm like, okay, can I get a commercial? Yeah. I remember the first, I'm like, I'm like, can we get joint swag? You know, they you don't play with You gotta ask though. You gotta ask. So the first call that we got on, amazing. One is surreal because I'm sitting in a meeting and the Nike um, North America team, some of the other team is presenting to me about, what they want to do with me so now they're pitching you so instead of you pitching them nike's pitching bgv that's right and they're showing and, and like all this like the deck is like and then we're going to put you here and they want to activate over here and they want you to do this i like her and they want to put you on the and i'm like and i'm just i'm just like oh my god right like i, I i'm I'm like, oh my, like, I don't even know, right? I just, I, I can't, can't even imagine what that would be like. That's crazy. Crazy. It was surreal. Now I'm playing it cool though. You gotta know? dance, I'll call it dance around the kitchen because that's what we did when I was young, when good things happen. You dance around the kitchen when you get home, but while you're there, you're like, yeah, that looks good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's literally what it was like. And, and, but I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, I'm pretty sure one of those means I got like teared up. Like it was, it was like, it was surreal to be watching it. And then when it all like really unfolded. Yeah. So where I met you on the Highlight Her uh, panel. Yep. So also I want to talk about like how it feels to like be in this arena, in the sports arena. And 
Um, you were never and, like the athlete. You're you're not. Right. And I'm kind of like the outsider almost. You know, yeah. like I'm on these calls and like yeah. you know, it's like oh, like y'all are literally like champions. You know what I mean? Like WNBA champions, like won this title, that title, and I'm like, and I'm sitting there like killing you know, it. I'm going to hold my own because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to be me, but I'm still sitting there like, oh my God. So when, (laughs) when I first saw you, I was like, first Asia has a whole statue and I'm like, and you heard me on the call, like Asia, you got a whole statue out here. Like it's crazy. And then you with the, with the Atlanta dreamers and that whole story. And I'm like, oh my God, but y'all were so cool and yeah. I think like this is I've been on so many different calls and round tables with all kinds of people in all kinds of realm all the way from Beyonce daddy to uh, you know like I've been like I've been all kinds of panels with people really? and I'm sitting you know but y'all were like just people it was just so like oh yeah what's up like oh, hey y'all like we about to get and it was I was like oh my god I said that's my jam too like I just come and I'm going to be me and I'm going to be excited because I'm around a bunch of, see, you see it from the other way. I'm like, look at these entrepreneurs. Like I have a foundation of my own. BGB is like the foundation of a foundation. And then we're all doing the same thing for each other, which is kind of crazy in itself. And it was, it was awesome. And so I loved your energy from the jump. So we already, when we had talked about doing this uh, pitch competition, immediately I was like, I want to get Renee. I wanted to get you in Asia. Um, because Asia started a candle company and yeah. so I was like that'd be dope she's like at the beginning of her journey so like that'd be dope to like have both of them but because you know because the W's kicking off like we couldn't do we couldn't get Asia and at first they told me they couldn't get you so I was yeah. like oh boo right <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so we kept working through people you know different people different people trying different people and then finally um, our, con- our contact came back she was like we got Renee. And I was like, yeah. so. well, it was, like I told you, it was crazy. My manager was like, you can't do this. I'm like, I'm doing this. And he's like, you can't do this <laughs> because it's crazy because getting to LA, as people know, that takes up eight hours of the whole day as is. And so it was, it was a beautiful thing. Like I, like, I just can't say it enough. Like I, I can't wait for it to come out when it comes out. You got to give us a couple clips that we can play here so that you can see, but it was a beautiful thing. Not just the people that were there, the champions, as you called us, that were there and you hosting it, that was great. But the people that were pitching, the entrepreneurs, it was just an amazing experience. And before we end, I have not forgotten that I want you to recite. I am not, I, that is what I've been waiting for the whole time because I'm so excited. Like, thank you for telling us all, like the transparency that you gave us. I'm telling you, this will help so many people. But before we end this, can you recite your poem you are professional traveling poet i can't believe it it's a ring it's three to four feet taller than reality its ropes are red white and blue its platform is blank stretched canvas commentators commentators say it's built for a man promoters say there's room for my competitor and i there's gloves and coaches and centers and punches strategy knockouts blood sweat and tears Entrepreneurship is a boxing match, but we, the women, know how to stay light on our feet. We slide through insecurity. We shuffle through sexual harassment. Me too. We dip and block and duck and land. Then suddenly, the predefined role of woman calls our name. Wife, feminist, mother, bitch, grandma, cook, auntie, babysitter, nasty woman, pal right in the kisser i lose balance fall face against the platform my ego crack when i realize that my male competitor has more mirrors in his dressing room commentators say you're a woman this is not your place the referee counts down you don't belong here stay down he shouts vcs fun people who look like them and i don't look like them I didn't learn how to box in school. My parents are not boxers, never learned how to coach or train. My life is just a corner. The referee shouts eight, seven, six. I breathe. This game is rigged. 
but fuck that. I'm the only species on earth that can bleed for a month and not die. I'm badass. Even if I bow out and get a corporate job, I would still make less than the man lording over my remains on this platform. Five, four, three, get up, Shelly. Pin a Nike commercial to your memory. Remember that you don't get in where you fit in. You fit in until you get in because fitting in is about character and getting in is about access. You're already in the match. Get up. Bite the hand that feeds you bullshit. Burn the bridges you never want to cross again. You got this. Slide, duck, jab, land. And remember, entrepreneurship is a boxing match. And you know how to stay light on your feet. Like a please, let's go. I love that kind of stuff. You better, Shelly Bell. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sharing your Black Girl Ventures on us. Man, I mean, I hope you, you're welcome. To anybody watching this, you're welcome. Shelly, thank you for joining Remotely Renee. Woo. Thank you for having me. It is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.